The world has changed, but your desire to live your healthiest life is not. From temperature checks to extra deep cleaning, your health and safety when you visit Wellstar offices, Wellstar Health Parks and Hospitals remains their top priority. Their primary care and specialty medical experts are ready to see you through any health concern that you may have. We are here for Georgia, and we are here for you. Wellstar, more than health care, people care. My name is Melanie Hale Beagley from Young Harris, Georgia. I was born in Atlanta and have called the Northeast Georgia Mountains home since the early 70s. I met Caddy almost immediately after he joined Atlanta Radio, and we became friends right away. I was in attendance at Caddy's first wedding and vividly recall the huge delay he spoke of in the last pod and wondered then if perhaps it was a sign. Fast forward 22 years, we both survived a divorce, married our meant-to-be partners, and survived raising kids. My daughter, now a 25-year-old military spouse and mom to an almost two-year-old, grew up thinking of Cadillac Jack as Uncle Caddy, and she was little Brittany to him. I'm so thankful that somewhere along the way, I was fortunate enough to get to know Donna, too. She's as real and down-to-earth as they come. If we had known each other as teenagers, there would be stories. So without further ado, it's time to enjoy one of the best hours of your week as we join my friends and favorite podcast couple, Cadillac Jack and his amazing wife, Donna, for the next installment of Cadillac Jack, My Second Act. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years until July 2019. Welcome to my second act. My name's Donna and I'm Caddy's wife and I'm falling apart. I think my warranty's expired. Unlike my body. Uh-huh. I have, as you know, I have been battling this. Okay, this word I'm getting ready to, to say <laughs> is going to sound like that word you talked about with Jay DeMarco or who was it? Um, Not Jay uh, from Rascal Flats. Gary LaVox, Gary LaVox, whose mother would go to the Mexican okay. restaurant. We don't have to go back there. Uh, okay. All right. Here's the thing. I have plantar fasciitis. It sounds like that's a hygiene thing. It's not. And everyone <laughs> Are we keeps, sure? Yes. And everyone keeps thinking that I have like a, because there is a thing called a planter's wart. I don't have that either. What plantar fasciitis is, it's like a tennis in, injury or from or from playing tennis in the past it could have been from cheering it could have been from anything like and young people get it too but once you like I've been polling everyone I'm like have you ever had plantar fasciitis they're like oh my gosh yes and it stays around and so it's basically this pain on the rear half of your foot on your heel the inside of your heel the outside of your heel the back of your heel and you have to roll a tennis ball underneath it all the time and um Everybody's been giving me these different treatments. They told me I had to wear a boot to bed. Like one of those big old boots. Wonderful. Yeah. Which let me tell you a secret about the boot that I think you know. What did I do? Oh, I did I did trip on a tennis ball one time when I was playing tennis on a tennis team. It's probably been four or five years ago. And you had to take me to get a boot put on my foot, if you remember. And then they said, do not drive in the boot. And one day I forgot because it was on my right foot. No, my left foot. And anyways, I forgot to take it off, and I went through carpool at Birmingham Falls Elementary, and I rear-ended Lisa Cauley. And I didn't mean to. Like, we were all sitting, you know, nobody was moving. And we'd been sitting for, like, you know, 40 minutes waiting for the bell to ring. And all of a sudden, my boot slipped off, like, 
break. And I mean, I hit her. She's like, what in the hell? We've been sitting here for 45 minutes and now out of nowhere? I said, I'm so sorry. And she's like, you can't drive with that boot. So. What's, what's the cure? There, there is none. You can get cortisone shots, but everyone says you just have to like stretch it out so, and do these so, stretches. So this is going to be a part of our lives probably. for eternity. But I'm like a doctor. I never get sick. I'm never down. You know, I'm like the head of the Marines. I got a couple things going on. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Well, I wasn't done actually okay. with my list and then you, we can get to yours. Okay. And I fell. I told you this. I fell the other day at Kroger like an old person. I had on my flip-flops, which you're not supposed to wear when you have this injury. I know that's the first thing everybody's saying. There's your problem, lady. There's your trouble, as the chicks say. But I fell. Was it inside the store or outside? Outside. Ah, see, had it been inside the store, then we could retire the podcast. And I know. Yeah, and it, I slipped. It was raining, and I Atlantis. fell. Here's the thing about my fall. Olivia had dropped me off at the front because she drove me and went to park. And this sweet little boy comes over and helps me up like I'm some old woman. Like, oh, my gosh, ma'am, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then I told him, thank you. But, you know, it took me a while. I'm not going to get you to get up. I, I, like, fell in an awkward way. But when I went to get back in the car, I said, oh, my gosh, Olivia, I fell. You know what she says? I know I saw it. I said, are you kidding me here? She said, Mom, I was driving. There's nothing I could do. She said, you know. <laughs> I figured someone would come and help you. Like, what on earth? And then she said to me, I hope this isn't starting. I said, what starting? She goes, you know, like when old people start falling all the time. Maybe, so, maybe you're there. Maybe, I don't maybe, know. maybe it's time. For maybe, what? For that, for just random falls and things. Oh, I hope not. Are you done with your I'm list? done. What you got? Uh, let me tell you something. I have an oh, ingrown I mean, toenail. First of all, uh -huh. If anyone who's listening right now, if you recall when we had sickness going on and then you tried to trump my sickness, here we go again. I'm trying to tell you a few things, minor things that are going on with me, and we have somehow circled It always this comes back to me. To you. Okay, yeah. go ahead. You have an ingrown no, I, toenail. I have an ingrown toenail on my big toe. It's driving me crazy. And the other day, you had me Google. We're riding down the road, and Donna looks at me, and she, huh? Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell the story. We're riding down the road the other day, and Donna looks at me. And she says, would you please Google, why does my breath smell like mothballs? <laughs> I mean, there's nothing that makes you feel more, um, less of a person than when someone tells you to Google that. Your breath's horrible. I didn't say that. I You've said, never, but this has I'd never been an Google issue before. That. I know because I thought there was something going on. So, but what would be going? You thought what was you? You had a list of things. I think you have a cavity. Well, I mean, you're like the the the, the cavity whisperer or something. <laughs> Maybe it's a COVID. I don't know. It was something like like right now. I mean, you know, I care about <sighs> you. I try to take care of you. So, <sighs> I've been brushing my teeth so relentlessly to please my wife that my gums are bleeding <laughs> and are sore as we sit here in the studio. At the Appen Media Group. No, it's gone away. I'm, but my the pain in my gums hasn't. Okay, well, I'm sorry about that. I think it, that's what I'm saying. I was wondering if it was like some, I don't know, like Here's, pre precursor to COVID or something. I don't know. You got to let that COVID stuff go. Okay. You come in the house the other day, the kids are all in there, and so-and-so has COVID. I said, Donna, whoa. <laughs> well, they you, do. Have they been tested? No. But they're going to get tested. I said, well, let's wait on the official declaration. Because the kids even know this person. Let's wait on the official declaration yeah. of COVIDicity 
until they get the test back. All right. <laughs> we done here. But everything, everything to you is COVID. No, I want to talk about what caused my breath to smell like mothballs. What was it? Do we know? <laughs> As we sit here, do we know? We do. I Googled it and I was like, there you go. Oh, it's a sinus infection. I had this, what do you call it? Okay. Uh, wh- why are we talking about all these ailments? Anyway, I don't want to talk about all this. This is right. crazy. It's a sinus infection. And you're fine now. But how about the fact that you can put that in the Google. And it pops right up. And it and pops it, right Even up. in autofill. Yeah. Like, it, it autofilled smelly. Yeah. Why is my breath, why does my breath. Smell like. Like mothballs and smell. You, know, you just put in and, and then smelly autofills. Yeah. Oh, and on top of, let me come back around to me now okay. before we end this segment. <laughs> I'm getting a pair of orthotics. Oh, my God, you're not. I am. You Say that again. Yeah. Everybody I know has them. They're not. You're thinking like special shoes. These are orthotics that go inside your shoes. Same thing. No, it's not. Same thing. That screams, I'm getting old. No. Yes, it does. You're thinking of like like braces or something's wrong. Or no, like, I'm not. I'm talking about the big shoes that old not, people wear. No, that's they not the big, what it is. Sole. But that's, that's what I'm telling you. That's not what it is. It's like... Just this thin piece of material that you actually move from like your running shoe to your other shoe or everybody and all, all like the athletes. When does that arrive? They're coming. They're on their way. All right. Your core. uh They're not cheap. Wow. Your core 57 hype song on the way here today, Donna. Okay. We are way off. Um, Mine was from TLC. And it is um, unpretty. And it's just a really good song. You know, TLC, it was from their album Fan Mail. TLC is from Atlanta. And they were like the original Destiny's Child, if you kind of think about it. They were so ahead of their time. Because there was three of them in the group. And I mean, they had so many great songs. Waterfalls, everything. Scrubs. Yeah. And at the time they came out, it was them and, um, oh, I can't think of their name. And they sang Jump, jump Crisscross. Mm-hmm. Crisscross will make you Had jump, their, their jump. Um, overalls backwards, if I recall. Yeah. And um, Jermaine Dupree was like, he did all of the, um, recorded all of their songs and everything in Atlanta. So they they were, they put, they kind of put Atlanta on the map. They were the first two groups that really put Atlanta on the map for um, music. Why, why that song though? I just love it. I love that song. There's no particular reason. I just love that one. Okay. So what about you? All right. We're going to add uh, Unpretty to the Core 57 Spotify Hype Song playlist. And we're also going to add the brand new jam masterpiece from Eric Church, my forever entertainer of the year. Drop the song um, called Stick That In Your Country Song is the name of it. But it's more like Stick That In Your Country Song. Yeah. It's a good one. A lot of people are saying it. Even people that love Eric Church, there's a lot of people who like the song but don't love the song but i love it do you i love it yeah yeah i mean it's my hype song all the way here it's been my hype song since he dropped it yeah i like it a lot i think some people think it was like a like did he rush this album to just to get that song out because of everything that's going on this song was written i know okay a long time ago written well yeah before everything happened to the world yeah the just in the first half of 2020 well, it's kind of like some of the other songs we've talked about, like the Kane Brown and the, the Be a Light from Tom Yeah, Threat. it's weird how someone writes something and then it's appropriate in different times. I love it. I think it's great. 
I want to share a quote with you from, from Chief Eric Church. My favorite thing about country music is how it has never been afraid of real life. For as long as I can remember, it has been the musical compass of reality in the world. Our music needs more of that. Real people, real lives, real places. That's what this song is. It's about people from the front line to the food line. And it also happens to kick like a freaking mule. And I'm taking editorial license there on freaking. Uh, but that was the church, uh, the quote rather from Air Church about the song, Stick That in Your Country Song. And I agree with him. And you've heard me say this before. I, I Nothing, I find it just so pedestrian. And it happens all the time in country music. When we talk about corn and whiskey and rain and trucks and one margarita, two margarita, three margarita, four. Daisy Dukes. Songs that uh, there's there's room for those songs in country and in music in general. Of course there are. But there are artists that paint themselves into a corner singing what I call novelty songs like that. That there is not a stitch of substance to those songs whatsoever. Songs like the Eric Church song make you think. You have to listen to the lyrics. You don't just need to remember and memorize the hook like one margarita, two margarita, three margaritas, four, a third grader could interpret that song. Yeah, and what's interesting about that is you're not picking on Luke Bryan, I know, because, like, some of his songs, Drink a Beer, you know, that's a great song. Um, And it was written for his brother, you know, who passed away. And I think you have to have, some artists have to have both for whatever reason. You know, they want some levity in their music, and then they want to be storytellers. Um, But I think it's interesting about this song, when when I first heard the title, I was like, what's it going to be? You know, what like, what are the lyrics going to be? And I thought it might be more of what you were just talking about. Like, I thought it was going to be more like, we're proud of the South, that type of thing. It's not at all. It's really an anthem of saying to people, why don't you put some more meaning in your country songs, you know, than what you have now. And he is kind of like the, um, I mean, I don't think he's a country Bruce Springsteen. I mean, I think he's a modern day storyteller. He's like a Chris Stapleton or, you know, anyone else. But it is a great song. They haven't released the name of the um, album yet, have they? No other release date. And I'm sure it's going to be fourth quarter. It's going to be fall because most sit on their albums until fall because they, that's the holidays. Yeah. You know, I want to share this with you, though, about Stick That in Your Country song. There is, this is only the second time in Eric Church's career that he has recorded a song written by someone else. Think of all the Eric Church songs. And not just the singles. Album The, the, the songs on yeah. every album. There's only two songs now that he did not, he, he gets no writing credit at all. The new song was written by, uh, the first time it happened was Like Jesus Does. Eric Church had nothing to do with that song. This new single was written by Jeffrey Steele, who has a trillion number one hits and has been a, a phenomenal country songwriter uh, and even uh, artist at times. Yeah. For decades now. Here's how it happened. And we've talked about this. Eric Church has a beautiful mountain house in Boone, North Carolina. 
and he's been writing songs there for this new album that, again, I think is going to drop this fall sometime. So Jeffrey Steele, he's, so he's been having writers up to his mountain house from Nashville for writing weekends and writing retreats and things like that to work on material. So he invited Jeffrey Steele from Nashville to come and co-write one weekend, we'll say. And Jeffrey says, listen, I've got this song I want you to listen to. And he played Stick That in Your Country song for Eric Church. And Eric said, I want that song. That's great. I want to record that song. So only the second time in his career something like that's happened. So it wasn't even like he wrote it specifically for Eric. He just wrote it and then Eric was like, I want it. Right. And again, it was written prior to the the first the disastrous first half of of twenty twenty. Eric is going to be part of uh, a CMA Country Music Association event that, that they're going to air on ABC, and it's going to happen on July 13th. And most every artist and country is involved in it. Um, Eric, though, specifically, is well, here's what I think is going to happen. It's going to be like best of showcase moments from the CMA Music Festival. Yes. Which is held every year in Nashville, but was canceled this year because of the coronavirus. Um, so I think it's going to be like best of segments from past performances at the huge football stadium in Nashville. Eric's spotlighted performance though is from last year. And in his performance at music fest, he did a medley of hits of his own, but also cover songs. He did a 27 minute acoustic set. And it's my understanding ABC is going to air the entire 27 minute minute Eric Church segment during CMA's uh, staycation at home or summer staycation or uh, whatever it's called on July 13th. That's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see that. Yep. So it's going to be with um, other people that are going to be on the um, show are Luke Combs, Lady A, Brett Eldridge, Chris Lane, Lauren Elena, Jason Aldean, Scotty McCreary. I bet they're going to have a ton of people. Let's talk about Scotty real quick. I'm disappointed in myself because we're a semi-music podcast and, and this falls under the semi-part. Scotty McCreary has the number one country song in America this week. Right now? Right now. A song I had never heard of until I saw the chart. And the song is called In Between. I don't know that song. I had to Google it and and and, and listen to it on YouTube. Because I'm like, you know what? This has to be a song that I've heard. I just haven't connected it to Scotty McCreary, although he has a very distinctive voice. You know? And I loved his last song. Because I listen to country radio yeah. still. I listen to The Bull here in Atlanta and 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 keep up with country music. I was disappointed in myself that I had never heard and I listened to it on YouTube. Don, I'd never heard this, I'd never heard the song before in my life. Is it a good song? I didn't listen to it enough to know. I okay. just listened to it long enough to know that I hadn't heard it. Well it must be if it's charting at number one, right? Seriously but how does that happen? How does That's... how does a song land at number one that I've never heard of before? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't either. So it's got by- I even wanted to check spins because you can do that. I wanted to go on MediaBase as a software and you can find out exactly how many times a particular country station has played it because I figured UBL must not have been very supportive of this song here in Atlanta because I'd never heard it before and I listened to country radio quite a bit. Yeah. I was just shocked to myself. I'm calling myself out. Well, I never heard either. It got by both of us. <laughs> That's why we are. <laughs> a semi. A semi. Uh, music podcast. Luke Bryan has announced some um, rescheduled dates for 2021, and there is no Atlanta, Georgia date. I know. I don't understand that. Do you think that, okay, is he doing this? Is he also still going to do his farm tour, you think, or no? Don't know. I mean, because I would think with that farm tour, you could do, I mean, clearly you can social distance on a farm. 
You know, I would almost think that would be more in play than the other thing. So sometimes I think when he doesn't hit the big city, he comes back through on the farm tour and does the smaller ones, you know. But, I, I mean, I, I don't understand. I never understand when an artist skips Atlanta. He's playing two nights in Bend, Oregon. B-E-N-D, Bend, Oregon. He's playing Brandon, Mississippi. Just mm. like Scotty McCreary's number one hit in between. Never heard of it. We've missed something. The closest Atlanta date that I could find for Luke Bryan in the late spring, summer 2021 is Orange Beach, Alabama. Hmm. Which is down near... Uh, At Florabama? No, but Luke Bryan's not playing the Florabama. It's the Wharf, isn't it? Isn't that the big amphitheater down there? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, the Wharf. Because it's Orange Beach and what's the other city next to Gulf it? Gulf Shores. Gulf Shores. Yeah. Is it? I don't know. Okay. So, check that out. All right. We're going to add uh, a lot of new stuff to the Court 57 Spotify. We've got to get us another researcher on this on this podcast. What's the city? <laughs> it is. Or it's Orange Beach. But there's another big city next to it. Another... Gulf, Gulf Shores. Okay. Right, I thought Gulf on. Shores was Mississippi. All right, let's move on. All right, the Wiggles also are releasing a new album. Just want to throw that in there I, as we are. I used podcast. to love the Wiggles. The Wiggles got back in the news and started trending and got a lot of attention because when Donald Trump did his first post-COVID rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, there were some empty seats. God, <laughs> like, we're just a mess Sorry. today, aren't we? Sorry. He played this arena, and so. Everybody was coming at, not everybody, but but his haters were coming at Donald Trump because he couldn't even fill the f- first row of, the, of this arena. And the uh, the Wiggles got involved and said, we even sold out <laughs> BOK Arena or whatever it is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So that's why the Wiggles are trending in the past couple of weeks. But I, when the girls were growing up and Will, I loved the Wiggles. I think I kind of had a crush on a couple of them because, well, you know, because you're just watching these shows when your kids are little, like we were talking about the other day, like the shows that were on when our kids were little, like the Backyardigans and the Wiggles and uh, Yo Gabba Gabba. I mean, it was just this group and they would watch them nonstop. And I remember taking the girls to the Wiggles and we had like third row seats and it was like, I can't remember the chugga chugga big red car. Like it was so, Yeah. Toot toot chugga chugga big red car. I think it's a different lineup though because I think one of them is passed. no longer in the, yeah has passed yeah, away. Yeah, twenty three tracks. Twenty. I mean, you got to give them credit. Give the Wiggles credit. Twenty three songs, including their two. And I'm reading from the press release here. Two smash pandemic songs, social distancing and the hand washing song, are part of the new uh, Wiggles project that has been released. Tracy Cousineau's real estate expert advisors are just all of that. They are experts. They're, they're advisors. Metro Atlanta's number one most trusted advocate for real estate consumers. Been a friend of mine for years, back even in my terrestrial radio days. Tracy Cousineau uh, and I were partners and, and continued with the podcast, My Second Act. It's Economics 101. It's supply and demand. Your house is a supply, potential buyers in the market, your demand. And the old way of an agent putting a sign in your yard and then just listing your house, you know, in the MLS, uh, listen, you're rolling the dice there. Trace Cousineau gets behind you, invests six figures in marketing your home. Maximize your profit. Uh, 18% more money 
is what you can get. 18% more money than traditional real estate agents. TracyCousineau.com. That's cousin with an E-A-U because you know she's going to sell your home. Dinner Affair is the official meal kit for families. Some of the dinners that you order from the menu every month at DinnerAffair.com, you prepare on your grill if you'd like. Some you pre- uh, prepare on the stovetop, some in, in the oven. We just this past week had the uh, toasted coconut tilapia, which was uh, it was done in the, in the oven, uh, uh, baked for you know 25 minutes. All of the dinners are easy to prepare, and every ingredient that you need to prepare your dinner affair, dinner for the family, comes in your frozen, butcher-wrapped paper. Dinneraffair.com, $30 off your first order when you promo uh, enter the promo code CADDY, C-A-D-D-Y, dinneraffair.com, dinneraffair.com. So, I was so excited because we um, got to actually see my mom and Mr. Al yesterday. Um, What's happened is obviously because they live in an assisted living home, they're following the governor's orders and the date to see them keeps getting pushed back. We've seen mom one time at a window for Mother's Day. Um, where we all kind of stood outside and they brought her to a window, but we have not been able to enter the facility and they have not been able to leave the facility unless it was for a doctor's appointment or something since this started in March. I was trying to think, I was going to look back and try to figure out when the last time I had like been in their room was, but I think it was probably March. It was because I remember having a conversation and and COVID was in the headlines. They hadn't locked everything down yet. I remember having a conversation uh, with Mr. Al. Mr. Al is Nana, your your mother, Nana's 100-year-old boyfriend. Yes. Been together about 15 years. And they live together in sin, if you think about it. They're not married. Okay. Thought about that yesterday. He's 100 years old, Donna. I know. Okay, and your mother's no spring chicken. And okay. they love each other and love the company of one another. Yes. But I remember being in their apartment and asking Mr. Al, who in 100 years, imagine what he has lived through. Right. And he and I having a conversation about the coronavirus. So it was, I think it was probably early March. Yeah. So it's been a long time. So what they did was you can sign up and we FaceTimed with them. And, but again, the, the technical challenges of FaceTiming with two elderly people is just, most of the time I talk to a, a ceiling fan. I just want to tell you, <laughs> you know, that's what I, that's my view is just the ceiling fan going around the, the and you can't tell them like, because if you start to tell them to do something different, it, they hang up on you and you have to get called back three or four times. But yesterday um, we could sign up through um, the facility, which I really appreciate. I've said this before, these facilities that are going over and above to try to find ways to, you know, stay connected with your elderly parents, whether it's FaceTime or, you know, anywhere. It's not lost on me that I'm, we're 10 minutes from them. There are so many people listening to this podcast who are relying on caregivers in different states, you know, to take care of their parents. But we were able to go yesterday and they wheeled them out um, under kind of like a vestibule that you drive under, like a car. What would you call that? Like a. Well, it was the front doors, but it's covered with a huge. Yeah. Yeah. Element. Anyway, so that's where they had put out a long. Basically, you're in the driveway. Yeah. And they had, they had pylon combs <laughs> exactly. around you so that yeah. nobody would There's try nothing, to drive through. There's nothing fancy about it. There was it. nothing fancy about it, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It didn't matter at all. No. And only two people could come at a time. So, um, and you can do them different weeks. So my sister and everyone's going next week, hoping to take the girls over. But yesterday you and I went and they wheeled mom out oh, and it was like, oh, I loved it. I, I loved it though. Cause I remember we were sitting, we were facing the building on one side of the table. So you could see into 
their assisted living home and they had Nana right there, like ready to launch her like a rocket to bring yeah. her out to the table. And I remember just waving at her, just I know. B- biggest wave I've ever given in my life. And the, hey, Nana. And we couldn't hug her. We couldn't bring them food. There was nothing, you know, with that. But it was just great to see her and, you know, sit across. And um, it was funny. Al was not there at first. Because he'd had a little dust up with the people there. He he wanted to go out to the courtyard and they had forgotten to take him out to the courtyard. And I always try to explain to them that, you know, I think right now these people have a lot that they're trying to take care of. I try to always provide both sides, you know. <laughs> Maybe they didn't forget about him because he takes it so personally. So he was not going to come out at first. Because we said, can... Nana came out, and so we asked one of the nurses, you know, can we, can Mr. Al come out? Because he's part of our family, too. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And we'd love I to see Mr. Al. I think he understood we were there, because he would not have not come Because the nurse comes back out, it's like, this is Mr. Al, said he's not coming. And we're, <laughs> we're like, like what? what? Yeah. Like, I was offended almost. Like, why would Mr. Al not want to come out and see I us? I think he was being difficult to them. And then about 10 minutes later, he comes Here out he he comes. by himself on his, you know, uh, with his walker, 100 years old, and, and does fine, walking and his sitting and talking. doors parted, and, and out I was like, he oh came. And his, it was 100 degrees, and he's wearing his pants. Patagonia. Did you notice yes, that? Yes, his Patagonia, his Patagonia puffy, jacket. puffy jacket. God, I loved it. So he sat down and we just started talking to them about, you know, what they've been up to and how they were doing. And it's just hilarious, their perspective on things. You know, ask them if they were getting along or if he was driving her crazy. And she said, yes, he was. But they were they were doing okay. And because I always say to them, well, at least you have each other. And they'll say the funny stuff like, well, I guess so, yeah. you know. It, <laughs> Pre-pandemic, it wasn't as strong, maybe, no. the reaction like that. No. Now it is. There's there's no uh, so love it, though. He was a little prickly in the beginning because I think, and you and I have talked about this, I just think they're tired of being in these rooms because they're eating all their meals. Um, I'm sure if you have elderly parents, it's going on everywhere across the country. They're having to bring their food into their rooms because they don't want them to be out, you know, in a group setting. And I will say I'm so thankful for um, where my mom lives because they haven't had any, um, you know, any cases. And I know that can change at any point. But I, what, my point to this is that as painful as it is, they're doing the right thing. And I, I can see that. And I, I, I keep trying to tell my mom and Al that. And I, I think they understand it. But I just think they're going stir crazy. So he was a little prickly. And Al can be. He can be as mean as a snake. He can now, I love him more than anything in the world, and we all do. But just like anybody, you know, he can he can get ornery about things. Al, how are things going? Well, <laughs> well, thank God. Uh, Sarah. Sarah. Sarah, who's his daughter, lives in coming. Sarah's dropping off sandwiches at the front for us to eat, otherwise we'd be starving. Yeah. They bring that food around, just cold in a box. <laughs> so they forget the utensils. Plastic utensils, yeah. yeah. It's just they're just not used to living that way, you know. And one for the sandwiches, we, you, me and your mother be dead. <laughs> it was a little extreme, yeah. <laughs> they follow yeah. the rules. They need to follow the rules. They set rules. They need to follow the rules. Yeah, they're big on that. Like he said, you know, some of them are get some of the residents are getting out to play a little bingo, and that's not following the rules. And take their exercise. And take Did their you hear yes, that? that's Did my you favorite. Hear that? Yes, I well, he love always tells he me that. that. When I call him, sometimes I'll say, "What are you doing, Mister Allen?" He's like, "I'm taking my exercise." Yeah. That means he, you know, what he does, because he's 100 years old. So if you're listening and you want to know the secret to living to 100, it's clean living and taking your exercise. And what that means for him is he does these stretches. I've seen him do sit-ups, and I'm just like, are you kidding me right now? He cut his own lawn up until about three years ago. Climbed Stone Mountain every Easter up until, you know, five years ago. Told you yesterday that, you know, he was kind of 
talking about the state of affairs. A lot of people have, we posted some pictures and a lot of people said, I would love to hear the conversation. And we can't really reveal some of it. (laughs) We probably can't reveal, but you know, what he said was that he hopes that with all of this going on, that we're not becoming a nation dependent on other, on people taking care of us, you know, for, for various reasons. And obviously there are some people who have no choice because they've been let go out of jobs. But he told you that he, you know, he, I, it's funny because you always hear that line and you say, you're never going to use that line on your kids. But he said it yesterday. He walked how many miles through the snow to get to work? 10 mile walk, 10 miles. Through the snow. Through the snow to get to work. Never was late. Never was day sick. Never called in sick. Was never late. I did my job. He did his job. Did my job. Yeah. So we talked about. It was a wide ranging conversation. It was. And even, you know, I wanted to take a positive. And so I said, hey, how about the Braves? Major League Baseball coming back? Because both Nana and Mr. Al are. Obsessed. My gosh. I mean, they have nothing going on in their lives. So they're just obsessed with the Braves and watch every game, even the West Coast games. I'll, have to, lo- I'll have to load a picture. Yeah, because they've got matching Braves pullovers. And they haven't been they're able to so wear them cute. because we thought that yeah. you know, the season was started back in the in the spring. Yeah. But we understand now it's going to be a late July start. So we talked a lot about that. Very excited about that. And their windbreakers. Yeah, they're very excited pullovers, about Pullovers, pajamas, the whatever they were. I mean, they are so obsessed with the Braves that I had to write on this huge piece of paper with a Sharpie marker, the channel. I think because for a while, maybe the Braves are on a couple of channels and I had to have all those channels written down so that they could cycle through them to find out where the Braves were. But yes, they watch them. They love them. And, and most older people do love them. I mean, everyone loves baseball. I'm excited the Braves are back. But honestly, I think they're more excited the Braves are back than the fact that you and I were over there yesterday. <laughs> but they looked great. Um, Mr. Al's hair's grown out. He's kind of got like a surfer look going. Yeah, he does. You know, a hundred-year-old surfer look going. And, um, you know, the one thing he said at the end that he always says something positive, you know, toward you and I. And and I think it applies to everyone right now. And he just said, you know what? The cream always rises to the top. Because we were talking about the country and where we are as a country and where we are you know, as a group of people and as of citizens and all the arguing that's going back and forth with political parties. And he just said, you know, the cream always rises to the top. And what he meant about that was the country that we live in. We're still so fortunate to live here. And that as humans, we will rise to the top. You know, that if you just get up every day and you keep trying, it's kind of like his thing the other day where he said, you know, a while back he told me you just got to keep putting one foot in front of the other. You know, and that is his message, is to never give up. If, if there was one message that Mr. Al is always saying, I mean, he was so good to you when you got laid off from your job, it's just never give up. I got, I got fired. I mean, Okay, fired. Well, yeah. But he's always, you know, asking us about the podcast, so proud of us. And we said we're going to teach him how to listen, but I'm afraid that would just go all sideways. <laughs> Pushing lots of buttons. But they were good. I will say that was my first public temperature check. We had to have our temperatures checked before we sat down to visit with them. And I came out great. I was like a 98.2. You came out. I was under. You were like 93.1. And I'm like, that's kind of alarming to the woman that took it. And she said, have you been in the, have you been in the car? It's probably the car with the air conditioning blowing And I on said, you. ma'am, as a matter, let me tell you something. As a matter of fact, in the five minute ride over here, we argued for four and a half minutes about the air and how hot I was because it was a steamy day in Georgia. But if that air didn't come on, I mean, the minute you put the key I go, in. I just sit there, I go, hot, I know, hot. Like a child. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And so finally, you agree to turn the air on, and we're about ready to turn into the parking lot to, to visit with Mr. Al and Anna. And, and yeah, I, 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 I literally running, got right in front of the You think you'd be running high, though. You know, I, I just don't, I'm, that's my point to this is these, this is fraught with peril. These random people taking people's temperatures. And then she was like, you're fine. But I'm not, ma'am. <laughs> I'm low. <laughs> Do you think that happens though? Or that's going to happen? I, I think it will. I, yeah. Like, say you're going to a club to dance and uh, you walk up and somebody, you know, they try three times and they can't get your temperature. You're done. They're finally going to be like, go on. Are they? Uh, I would. Or the other way. That, I would. That, that you come like in you, hot. It's kind of like when you go um, to the grocery store and the clerk scanning your items. If they scan that item. And they're like, what did, what, how much was it? You're like, I don't that, know. Yeah. Then they just slide it on. And punch something. Or I would anyway. Okay. Would you not? Has that ever happened to you where like a clerk? Well, they, like, you pun- know what? they just punch in some random number, like right. 22 cents. But the barcode's not working yeah. or it's not where they can't find it in the system or whatever. And, and kind of like, you're just going to let it go. I think that the people that do the temperature checks are going to get frustrated with their instruments. Maybe not working yeah, properly. because they never do. And just finally do. be like, you know what, just head on in. They never work properly. Head on in. I think, though, it made me think, like, yesterday, like, um, just, like, with their frustration. Like, we have a, I have a friend who it was supposed to have a 60th birthday party, and they were, you know, people were flying in for it. It was a, I mean, it was a planned event from probably a year ago. And obviously, she's not going to be able to have it now. People can't fly in. And she was just, she said the other day, and she posted it on her social media she put I'm just disappointed and I know I shouldn't be as an adult and I shouldn't care and there's bigger fish to fry but I'm just sad and it made me think that right now that it's just okay to not be okay and it's okay to be sad you know like I think we everybody right now when you say something like well you know I'm I'm missing this but but it's okay I mean there's bigger bigger things going on in the world I don't think you should have to apologize for for being frustrated. Yeah, for being frustrated or being sad. And, you know, I think as as it goes on longer and longer, you and I had a conversation yesterday when we left there. We had to go pick up a few things at the grocery store. And it's just such a, an experience, you know, putting your mask on, going in, doing all this stuff, you know, it, shopping one way. And, you know, we were talking about before we got on the podcast, no one's taking cash or whatever, that as much as you want to get out of your house, this is what you and I were talking about yesterday, you almost are just like, I'm just ready to go home. Take me home. Yeah. Take me back to my bubble. I think we're all getting kind of like bubbleitis, where you sort of just want to get back to your air conditioning and your <laughs> your little pea pod, you know, where everything's right in the world because it's just so frustrating right now. Everything is frustrating. Everything takes longer. Everything, you know, I don't know. But I don't think you should apologize. I think it's okay to be sad. I'm I'm starting to get really sad at the fact that these kids may not be going back to school. I'm getting really sad. Like, so sad, I may need to go check in somewhere <laughs> and deal, like somewhere on the coast of Malibu or something, and deal with my was depression. It, was it a meme? What did you see about uh, someone with Fulton County School spoke out? Oh, it said, wear your mask if wear you your, want your kids to yeah. go back to school. <laughs> there is, because what they're saying is, if if there's an even larger second wave or... An outbreak. There's nothing an outbreak, they can do. Then, then your kids are going to be at home. There's no better threat to a mom or dad... About wearing on. the mask than to say, if you don't wear your mask, your your kids are going to be home through Christmas. That's right. Give me a damn mask. 
Yeah. Well, and that's what they were saying is because it's not everybody's like, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Especially our school in our area and Fulton County hasn't made the decision yet. And they're kind of like, listen, it's it's not just up to us. I mean, we want to see your children back here. But you're right. And they did send out that funny thing. It said the best thing you can do to get your kids back into our school wear is your wear mask. your mask. <laughs> and there are some schools in Metro Atlanta that have announced what they're doing. And it appears most of them, not most, but Gwinnett County, for instance, which is the largest county in the state, has announced they're going back to in-person, face-to-face. Right. With rules and regulations. Modifications. And like, right. Yeah. But you also, as a parent, can choose to keep your child home and continue to do the virtual learning Yeah, don't well. fall into that trap with your kids. Well, but there are some, maybe some, that some people or do. Or there are some kids that, that, that have done it. better. Well, and kids who obviously who have compromised immune system, but I'm talking about my two who are just like, please. I think they home. won't out as much as we want them out. Oh, I agree. Too. Something for all of your home needs and all the great prices, whether you're looking for a dining room table, a king-size bed for your master, maybe a sofa for the living room, go see Gallery Furniture in Gainesville. They're right there on Browns Bridge Road, 1600 Browns Bridge Road, Gainesville. Same location they've been at uh, for over 30 years. Donna and her daughter, Marilyn, you can ask for them, but ask for Donna. But you remember Donna's uh, father, the Wolfman. Ask for the Wolfman. They've been part of Gallery Furniture for uh, over 30 uh, Three decades, over 30 years. And they, you know, Donna reached out to me today and said they've just got some crazy good prices right now. They are um, closing out a ton of merchandise. They still have a lot of stuff on the floor. Tons, you know, of furniture for you to choose from. So um, their inventory is strong. Financing, they got you. Uh, many brands and styles. Gallery Furniture, Browns, Bridge Road, Gainesville. Ask for the Wolfman.com. You may be thinking that because you're seeing a doctor, You'll need to at least have a copay. Not the case if you have been injured in an accident and you partner uh, and come to a hurt 911 injury center. Zero, Z-E-R-O, zero out-of-pocket costs to be seen by a hurt 911 doctor. No charge to you unless they win your case. 1-800-HURT-911. That's the number. 1-800-HURT-911. The hurt 911 injury group at 1-800-HURT-911, Georgia's premier choice. In accident care. Check this out. A review. Uh, not of the podcast, but a review that I found about a conversation we're getting ready to have. If you love teaching your five to eight-year-olds about death <laughs> and ruining their childhood, this is for you. They got one star. There was a time during the pandemic that many parents thought that they needed fun distractions for the kids. Maybe you're still there. I don't know. And a lot of parents ordered a butterfly kit. Okay. I think every parent's done a butterfly kit. There's a company that was selling 50,000 butterfly kits a day. That's insane. How do you find that many caterpillars? Um, That's a good question. At least five times the average daily sales a year ago. Millions of orders have been placed. If you've had one of these, it's funny because I ask you, do you remember doing this? We did it twice. We did. I, it, I don't remember. We did it with Olivia. And we I did don't it, remember your boot and me having to take you to the. Oh well, doctor. Either after your tennis injury. Well, we um we had two kits. We had one with Olivia and one with Charlotte, and we have a butterfly bush down at the bottom of our driveway. We do. Yeah. So the goal was where what where where are what does that you? mean? Well, what is a butterfly bush? Well, butterflies hang out in it, like the monarch, the little butterflies, no and clue. then they fly. They go away. Jim, our neighbor, told me they go to Mexico. 
one time. I don't know if that's true. I bet they're Carl, tired. Carl's laughing. I don't know if that's true. Anyway, so it's like this. It looks like if you've had one of these butterfly kits, it's collapsible. And it looks like a big, kind of like a laundry basket. And so you get the, um, you do remember now. I do remember now. Because so it's gross in the beginning. Yeah, so they come in the little, the little kit. And you have to carefully put, once they're ready to go, you put the little kit into the big butterfly catcher. And then once they become butterflies, you can take them down. We took them down to the butterfly bush and let them um, go free. But I don't remember this whole thing where they, they ate each other. And that's what's happening. Mom and dads are, are... Well, they're mortified. Because they have to now explain why the kids' butterflies aren't there. Like there's just a tail left or something. Yeah, it's like it, they're because teaching they cannibalism. Eat, yeah, they eat, uh, they eat the other caterpillars. Yeah, the caterpillars eat each other. This one little girl, Emily Bastide, she's two years old. She said, they ate their friends. All they left was the tail. Isn't that sad? So I don't recall that with any of our butterfly kits, but I guess it does happen. But, you know, it's a good life lesson, right? It started us talking about, like, art projects. I just, out of the blue yesterday, I said to you, do you not think you should be tie-dyeing with the kids? Tie-dyeing? <laughs> I've never tie-dyed a thing in my life. And out of the blue, Donna says yesterday, shouldn't you be tie-dyeing? What? <laughs> How, the, how do you tie-dye? I don't know a thing about it. And where did that come from? All the things. I saw these people tie-dyeing. Like on social media? Yeah. Okay. Karen. And I was like, I know, but I was like, you know, to get these girls off their devices. I mean, if you have young kids, I think you do have to come up with crafts. I mean, I used to do that all the time. I remember, do you remember frying an egg on the sidewalk? I don't. Where was I? I where don't I, know. Where was I during all this? Was <laughs> Did you fry the egg on the sidewalk near the butterfly bush? I think so. I don't remember flying it Friday. And, you know, you're chalking. Everybody's out on their um, driveways doing chalk projects and stuff like that. So I think if you have younger kids, you are looking for things. But I was like, we've got to get these girls off these phones. So I just thought yesterday, like, why don't you start some tie-dyeing or whatever, you know? Everyone knows how to tie-dye. I don't know how to tie-dye. You just tie the shirts up with rubber bands. It's not that hard. Didn't you go to camp? We've been over this. I went to Boy Scout camp and, and got in trouble called. because I yelled help, yelled help when I jumped into the cold lake. Well, After being told, don't yell help. I, I'm trying to find some. Did, did the butterflies live? They did. Ours did. They hatched both times. We had a successful hatch. Yeah. This goes along with my theory, as I've told you before, that really as a parent, you need to just start this early, put this parameter out there, that you will not have any animal that poops where it lives. And that actually includes cats, which we have three of. But, I mean, no guinea pigs, no ferrets, no fancy rats, no rabbits, no turtles, no frogs. Do you remember the frogs that we had? And everybody used to get them at Learning Express. I think, there again, that's a whole nother store that's not even open. I don't even know if it's open anymore. I was at Learning Express every week because they would do this. Anybody who has kids around, like, 16 years old, you're going to remember this, 13 years old. They would have those plastic bins that were the birthday box. And you would take the, your child over there and they'd pick all this stuff to go in the birthday box. And then when you held the birthday party, all the other parents had to do was go over and pull down Charlotte's birthday box and they could pull out like an item out of it. I was at that place all the time and they sold these frogs. So there was a period where every time when you would go to a birthday party, you would get one of these frogs. And it came in the Lucite um, box and it would just live forever. And I gave Ava, my niece, one, and that frog, there were two of them in there, and I think one of them, I think it did the same thing, ate the other frog. But the one frog lived 
for nine years. And pretty recently died, if I recall. Yes. Yeah. And Annette was just like, please, God. Yeah. So don't do frogs. And we also had a rule with our kids, too. And you could get this stuff. Betafish. Learning Express. Right. But I'm talking about this, the moon sand. Oh, no moon sand. If someone Absolutely gave not. one of our kids no. moon sand, right, in front of the child, we in front of our child, I would take it and be yeah. like, you can't have that. Sorry. Well, I, no, and what we then, said oh, was, well, okay. Well, no, I would no. say I would open the box and then I'll give it back to you. And they had so many other things they forget about. You really do not like the other parent if you're sending moon sand. Like that if is. You're sending a signal. Yeah, it's a signal. It's a yeah. shot over the bow. Yeah. If you send moon sand of any sort, that is a shot over the bow. That lady, your child has done something to my child. All right, pod peeps. Jamie lives in Woodstock. Reach out to me on Instagram at ATO Cadillac. Just found your podcast this weekend. I've told my friends to tune in. Uh, loved your spirit, humor, such a positive light in these dark, troubled days. BTW, which is, by the way. Thank you. Pornhub Grubhub gave me the best laugh I've had in months. <laughs> Can't wait to keep catching up. So uh, thank you, Jamie. She is, I reached out to her you know, just to, to, to thank her. And she works for the Cherokee County School District on the digital learning team. And she told me it's a five-person team. Can you imagine being on a five-person digital learning team around May, Mar around getting? March with oh, that, yeah. but when it first launched, you know, when the kids went home for virtual learning? Um, and I asked her, I said, well, you know, what do we know about Cherokee County? When do you when are you going to find something out? And she said, I think by J July 8th, 7th. I didn't print that part of the message. but um, So thank you very much. Yes, and thank you for everything you're doing for well, the kids. Well, that and, and, and for telling your friends about the podcast, too. Absolutely. So we're getting like a one, you know, five for one here with Jamie and Woodstock. Love that. I um, heard from Bailey from Nashville and she was laughing about the last podcast um, when we talked about making the turn. She said that she had no idea that that's what it was officially called. Um, she knew it as the next day when she got up when either when her husband said, you really made a, you know what, out of yourself last right. night. <laughs> or when someone says to you, do you remember last night when you said or do you remember last night when you did and you're like, eh, oh. You didn't make the turn. You should have made the turn. And making the turn means that you've had enough, you've had a good time, and you need to end on a high because those next couple of hours are going to start to turn. It's going to turn dark. So just leave after you played the first nine. Appreciate you listening in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Melanie Bailey intro of the show today. Melanie was one of the very first listeners that I ever met when I got to Kicks here in Atlanta when I was 19 years old back in 1994. She is an OOG. And has become a great friend and years ago, decades ago, became a great friend of, of mine personally, but the family and um, Melanie lives up in the North Georgia mountains. She has a daughter, uh, Brittany. I remember when Brittany was born. Wow. And so I've seen Brittany grow up, and she lives now in London. And her husband is in the U.S. Air Force, stationed over there. Wow, that's great. And they have a beautiful grand. Uh, Melanie has a beautiful grandbaby. Well, she probably doesn't get to see him as much. Um, but she has been a huge supporter of mine and and, and what I do for since literally. I, I asked her. I said, when when did we first? you know connect and she said i called you one night to make a dedication on crying loving or leaving wow which is a show i used to host on kicks from seven to midnight the evening show and uh, then you know we'd run into each other concerts and uh different events and station stuff and um just got to know one another she also was at my very first wedding she was yes 
because we were just we were tight. She was also the group manager of the hotel where everybody stayed. Oh gosh, the families, and she reminded me um, that it was very much like a game of checkers, trying to make sure that the families there was separation. Oh gosh, at the hotel, so there weren't any fireworks, so to speak. So going again, we talked about my first marriage, but going in, it clearly wasn't just us that. Saw the writing on the wall. Right, I guess, I guess. Yeah. But hang on, I want to find this. Um, uh, Brittany's husband is 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 Brandon, and their son is Jameson, who is uh, going to be two in September. I busted my ass in the middle of the dance floor and hyperextended both knees during the reception. Goodness gracious, Melanie! It was a party. Had a great time. Had a great great time. Um, you had a fondness for Brittany, and. Uh, with Will and Britt Britt being just over four years apart in age, we've watched each other's kids grow up, even from a distance. Uh, you've always known my thing for Toby Keith and never once made fun of my obsession. Oh, Melanie sent in a text. Um, we hung out together with Mark Wills at the Horse Park in Conyers back in the 90s. Um, okay. I was also at the first wedding and vividly recall the lengthy delay and why. And was thrilled when the bar was opened up before the ceremony, as were the rest of the guests. Yes. And remember you mimicking the train whistle as it bellowed out during the ceremony, which y'all had planned to uh, plan so meticulously to avoid. Also met your mom and dad. and remember taking great care to make sure the various sides of the family's rooms were strategically placed to avoid any fireworks at the hotel before the wedding. Golly. And the wedding was started late because... One of the bridesmaids forgot a dress. In Swanee. And we're in Kennesaw. Yeah. And this realization came to like 30 minutes before it was time to start the ceremony. And so there was like a two-hour delay. And I said to my former father-in-law, who was paying for this. Open the bar. Very lavish wedding. I said, it was at a winery in Kennesaw. And I said, you got to open the bar. We, we can't expect these people to just stand around. stand around for two hours. And you guys did. So the bars were open. And mm -hmm. it turned out, it reminded me very much of like a tailgate before a sec college football game yeah people, people were getting were up out people were getting up during the ceremony during yeah. the actual ceremony to go get refills at the bar and yeah. then they would come back to their seats it was crazy and we knew exactly what time this this vineyard was near train tracks were right beside it and so we knew exactly what time the train was going to come by that day and we obviously scheduled everything Around that time, because we did not want to be interrupted by the train. But then everything was off. Well, because we're off two hours. Here comes the train in the middle of, seriously, you were there in the middle I of remember. the ceremony. Wah! I mean, it's like 10 feet from where we're getting married. And what if that was a sign? Oh, I've said to so many people, before, <laughs> of course that was a sign. Trains I, coming down the track. We should have just said, you know what? We're going to call it a day. Well, we're going to call it a day right now. Uh, but I remember doing a train. I, I, I'd been to the bar a few times as well. And, and during the two-hour delay, and, and I, I remember doing, doing a train, train horn. Yeah, yeah, during the <laughs> woo-wee. But uh, Melanie's been there for a lot. And uh, so thankful for your friendship and, and your support, Melanie, and uh, love connecting with you. And we still uh, great friends to this day and communicate and text back and forth. And, yeah, she's super positive. Yeah. So thank you, Melanie, for entering on the show. It's great uh Great to hear you. We have a small ask of you. Three things if you're able. Number one, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss anything coming up. Number two, rate and leave five-star reviews for the pod. Number three, show our sponsors some love. 
and they include Wellstar more than healthcare. People care. 1-800-HEART-911. Tracy Cousineau and real estate expert advisors. Gallery Furniture in Gainesville. And Dinner Affair. Dinneraffare.com. New episodes Tuesdays and Thursdays of Cadillac Jack, my second act. Proud to be part of the Apple Podcast Network. 